Welcome to episode 10 of the NVXS podcast. I'm Jamie Tay. And I'm Mick Curran. And I'm running on way too little sleep today. Um, so this will be interesting. Um, so we're first going to talk a little bit about uh, NVIDIA 2015.4, which was released... Yesterday. Yesterday. So the first thing we can talk about for 2015.4 is that in Windows 10, we have some major performance enhancements, uh, and I'll pass you off to Mick for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I guess a lot of these were uh, stemmed from actually that there were some performance issues in Windows 10 itself, which thankfully have been have been fixed. But because of those um, along the way, we we tried to tighten up a lot of our performance in Windows 10 ourselves in in NVDA, especially with uh, the UI automation um, API. And um, so some of these things you may notice were maybe slightly quicker in places such as Windows Explorer, Task Manager. Um, one of the major places people will notice a performance improvement, uh, and I don't know if th- I think this should affect all operating system, uh, all Windows operating systems, is actually our support for Microsoft Outlook um, in the message list there, because that was getting extremely slow in Windows 10. So we actually rewrote quite a uh, large chunk of uh, the important code there and um, made that what, up to 10 times faster or something in some regards. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so th- that's really what the performance are. You know, small, but, you know, for the, f- for the people that are affected, they'll really notice a difference that things well, are a lot faster We've now. seen a bit of feedback on, on Twitter that people are saying, oh, wow, it makes a massive difference. Mm. Um, so, and I suppose, you know, it probably does. I sort of haven't noticed so much because we've been running it for, you know, obviously right. running that code for a while And in theory, now. it should affect even like Windows 8 and Windows 7 to some degree. Uh, I mean, there's changes yeah. we were making. Well, well um, now, after the fix for Windows 10, so yeah. after the fix to Windows 10 itself, yeah. it should now be more or less equivalent to Windows 8. That's right. So any speed exactly. improvement at all will be, yeah, will certainly be noticeable. That's true. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that will be a very welcome change for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Windows 8 and later, NVDA is now listed in the Ease of Access Center. Um, so the the uh, center that appears when you press Windows U that shows all of the accessibility options. Um, and aside from that, just being where you generally where people generally look for you know accessibility related uh, services on their system, uh, it also gives us some other advantages advantages underneath. Mm-hmm. Like previously, we were using our own service to start NVDA on the log on screen and things like that. So now we're using the you know the Microsoft recommend recommended <laughs> Microsoft recommended way of achieving that. Um, so. Uh, also, this means that on Windows 8.1, I'm not sure if it's Windows 8 or 8.1 and later, um, NVDA can now start a lot more quickly um, after you log on to Windows because Microsoft imposed a delay on, on applications that try to start immediately. But if you run from ease of access, you, you can start straight as soon as login occurs. Um, and to take advantage of that, you do need to disable um, run... What is that option called? Run after I log on to start NVDA automatically after I log on to Windows or something like that. You'd think I'd know this. Uh, In general settings. In general settings. You need to disable that, press OK, then go back into general settings and re-enable it just so that it it can actually apply the use of access change. Um, And you should notice that as soon as you log in, NVDA will start pretty much immediately. Uh, Excel enhancements, Mr. Curran. Yes, okay. So... um, some, I guess, thanks to some great work from a team in India that are working on MBDA. 
a lot of these changes have been done by them, but in Excel um, it's now possible to list uh, the, all the sheets in a in a workbook in the um, Excel Elements list, so NVDA plus F7. Um, and you can also rename sheets um, from this dialog as well. So if you go into the Elements list, you go to the Sheets radio button, you highlight one of the sheets in the tree view. If you press F2, you can edit the sheet name because previously this was um, rather inaccessible in Excel's own um, user interface. Um, also, uh, you can now uh, read uh, Excel work sheets uh, that that are that have protected cells. So sometimes you can choose to protect a worksheet with a maybe with a password or something but you then uh, sorry before you do that you mark certain cells as being editable so say you have a I don't know some Excel worksheet from a bank or something like that it'll only have certain cells you can actually edit because the rest are all locked um, now if you switch into browse mode uh, with NVIDIA space in Excel using the arrow keys or pretty much most of the standard Excel navigation keys uh, you're able to move around all the cells in the worksheet now so even the locked ones um, and NVDA will, will announce if, if a cell is locked or, or not in that regard yeah uh, and the uh, final big uh, major change or my major improvement is that we now have support for um, uh, editing of complex documents in uh, Mozilla applications, so Firefox and Thunderbird, uh, and also Chrome, but you'll need to wait until Chrome 47 is released. I think that'll... I can't remember the exact date, but I think... Actually, maybe that happened yesterday, too. Mm, I think it was, like, November 23rd. Hmm. Anyway, you need to use Chrome 47. <laughs> um, or later. <laughs> or later to, to, you, to take advantage of that. Uh, and basically what we mean by complex documents is wherever you see, you know, um, where it's not just text, so where it's text and format, um, you know, font and stuff like that, I mean, that was usable previously, but things like inserting of links into, uh, you know, say an email message or, you know, block quotes or headings, um, so all of that stuff that, um, you know, you can see in, in browse mode, um, it's now also possible to see that when you're doing complex documents. So Google Docs is, with Braille support enabled, is a great example of this. Um, you'll be able to see all the headings and things like that. Previously, you could read some of the text, but NVDA didn't tell you whether there was a heading or a link. Um, and so if there was a link in the middle of a line, it generally just got skipped. Um, so now it, it does read all of that, which me makes it much nicer to um, to work with those documents. So in theory, this should improve... A lot of other uh, blog post editors and things like that when viewing in HTML mm. view, in theory, um, depending on how accessible they are, but it's certainly possible. Yeah, so like Blogger and, and WordPress. Yes, um, exactly. Should be, and so TinyMCE, which I think WordPress uses, mm -hmm. and CK Editor as well, yep. should now be um, a lot nicer. Yep. And uh, it's simply, as you mentioned, Thunderbird, I mean, just being able to write HTML emails now. Mm. Um, oh, and I, I really use it all big. the time. Not being yeah. able to actually put links into emails without having to just paste URLs everywhere right. is, is kind of nice. And yeah. being able to see block quotes properly and, and yes. things like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it That's myself. That's good. <laughs> um, which is good because uh, it's only Sorry. been four years that I've been <laughs> trying to get that code code out there because uh, I've hit lots of roadblocks mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. But I'm pleased to say that we, we overcame most of those. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, it's now quite usable and, and it's yeah quite nice to use. Um, and just one other uh, sort of seemingly small change, but it actually has a 
fair impact is that um, uh, for quite a few years now, it's been requested that we mo- we change the announcement of selection. So in NVDA 2015.3 and earlier, when you selected text, it'd say, um, you know, uh, if you press like shift right arrow, it might say selected A, sorry, selecting A, selecting B, selecting C. So the message, you know, selecting was before the uh, text that was just added to the selection or removed. Now that has been moved later. So instead of hearing selecting A, you'll hear A selected and B selected. And so the idea is that you get to hear the text, um, which is the more important thing, uh, before the message. And that's particularly significant if you're selecting lots of little characters or words, or even if you're selecting, you know, six lines, and you just want to know, you only need to hear the start of the line to know whether you need to select more. Um, previously, you had to keep waiting for that selected, uh, sorry, selecting announcement to to finish. Uh, so it's a you know obviously seems fairly small, but uh, will have a significant sort of efficiency gain for some people. Um, so I think that's all for fifteen point four. I mean, there are plenty of little bug fixes here and there, um, but that's all the sort of. Major Was there stuff. a reason? Because uh, we also switched to using better support for rich edit. I'm just trying to remember, is there a significant braille fixes? Um, is that in 2015.4? You might be right, we may have already covered that. I think it was point three. <laughs> yeah, because right. that was the braille... Oh, of course, but yeah. we... Oh, okay, well then it is worth mentioning then, those who are running 2015.3 may have noticed that... Uh, colour. Yeah, that, that reporting of colour was uh, missing... Uh, when reporting font information in places like WordPad, mm. and that's been restored in 2016.4. Yes. yes. Uh, so moving on to 2016.1, uh, which is the release that should be due in, well, that is due in February, mm-hmm. um, should be released in February. Um, the big item that we really are sort of um, targeting for that release, hopefully, is uh, contracted Braille input from a Braille display. So being able to type in you know, grade 2 um, UEB or, or US. Um, although US have moved to UEB now too, haven't they? They have, yes. Probably shouldn't discuss that on this podcast. Everyone <laughs> will be like, I don't like the move to UEB. There's a lot of controversy around UEB. <laughs> Australia moved in 2005, I think. Yeah, well, because that, that hasn't ago. been without its controversy. No. But, uh, um, your, your, uh, your, your respective, um, your, your preferred um, contracted of course. <laughs> Braille code, um, you can now, um, well, you can what? now, what am I saying? <laughs> you will hopefully, by 2016.1, be able to type in that code on your Braille display um, and have it get translated into, into text. Uh, it's been a, a highly requested feature from, from a lot of Braille users for a few years now. Yeah, because we've supported Braille input for a few, what, a, two a years little or something while. like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've been able to enter um, computer zero. Braille, yeah. but, but not... Um, not Actually, not even uncontracted at this stage. So that's true. Not even, even grade, even grade one, yeah, one yeah. you can't do right now. And so um, we want to support both of those yeah. uh, with with two thousand sixteen point one, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that uh, Mika's just been working on, actually started work on this a long time ago, but yeah. we're just reviving it now, uh-huh. is um, audio ducking. Yeah. So uh, since Windows eight, uh, it has been possible to write assistive technologies so that when they need to speak something or play a sound or something, that the rest of the sound on the system, the rest of the audio, gets ducked in volume. So it gets turned down so that you can hear you know, what your assistive technology is doing. Um, so we're implementing that support into NVDA. Um, it will be optional. You'll be able to... Uh, there'll be three modes. There'll be 
off, so nothing happens. There'll be uh, duck when NVDA is playing its own audio or speaking or whatever, and so it'll just duck for while it's speaking for about a second and then then come back up again. Or there will be always duck, um, which sometimes I find a bit useful because sometimes it's a little bit disturbing when listening to music and stuff and it constantly going up and down and stuff. Sometimes a bit of or those annoying. Well, and it also be because it'll be um, you can change it with a with a keystroke mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, if you've got it off normally, but then some annoying video starts to play that's on a website, true. there are plenty yes, of those, that's a good point. Uh, you'll be able to just suddenly switch it. And whether you want to switch it to mm. always dark or dark only when speaking, yeah. but you'll, you know, for those things, you'll probably want to do it for always. But to add to that, way. another feature that sort of comes, I guess, sort of for, for free with this is, uh, with this functionality is that uh, in, I think it's Windows 10, I oh know even Windows 8 with, with communication calls, I think, um, it was possible for uh, certain very high priority audio on the system to duck NVDA's sounds. Um, that will no longer occur. So NVDA will always stay at its correct volume. Um, so a good example yeah, of this is the alarms in in Windows 10. Because I actually right. don't think this happened in Windows 8, from what I've heard. No. In, in Windows 10, if the alarm goes off, eh, you can barely hear NVDA, so it's almost impossible to dismiss the alarm. Right. You can't find the button because you can't hear it. So uh, yeah. now that will will no longer happen. And we'll note that this is slightly so people may note that Narrator ducks audio as well, uh, but the approach that they take is that they're they're always ducked all mm. the time. We'll also uh, we're providing an option where. It's a bit more like if people are familiar with um, Apple iOS, or iPhone, etc., where it will only duck while it's um, speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's that, those are sort of the two major things we've got planned for 2016.1. There's a, a lot of bug, lot of fixes, bug fixes and things that are yeah. going in. Um, some some sort of braille enhancements that are happening as well, thanks yep. to the community. Um, hopefully, some some further support for some braille displays. Um, just thinking, I recently did a bit of work on getting the web views in iTunes 12 to behave a bit better mm. so they actually refresh. So that's going to be fairly... Well, I'm already finding it quite useful. What about Spotify as well? Yeah, and so I also did a bit of work on, on Spotify as well. I mean, it's it's still not perfect, but it, you know, right now, yeah. if you use Spotify without this fix, you'll get a lot of unknown, unknown, unknown. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, when you alt-tab in, it just says nothing because it loses focus. Yeah. So uh, I've worked around some I think there's one thing issues. we would like to mention just in regards to f- sort of, a, I guess, a... A bug, I suppose, not necessarily our fault, that we're aware of in 2015.4 in regards to Outlook, which will be fixed in 16.1. And that is um, when you are editing a message in Outlook, it will say inserted. It sort of tries to read track changes uh, in Outlook messages, which doesn't make any sense at all because Outlook doesn't support track changes as far as we're concerned. Um, And... um, but because we changed uh, to report uh, editor revisions in NVDA by default, um, that has affected Outlook. So we'll be probably changing that option back to. Uh, sorry, no, we. Sorry, nope, that's wrong. We will be. Um, <laughs> we'll, we will disable track changes in Outlook um, mm. so that it doesn't occur in 2016.1. For now, though, obviously people will have an issue with this. Just go into document formatting settings in NVDA and uncheck. Uh, uh, report, report editor, editor revisions. revisions. And you can yeah. even do that in a profile for Outlook. That's true, to. yes, you could, yep. So the other big news for us is that we uh, employed someone uh, on a contract to work with, uh, to write the training material um, for NVDA. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Quentin Christensen. Um, and you may know him from 
his own uh, company, Twenty Two Point, mm-hmm. uh, and he's uh, he's getting quite known for his g- Android games know. and his books on Windows Ten. Mm-hmm. And he's also been on. For those of you who listen to the, uh, is it Cool Blind Tech? Cool or Blind Cool, cool Tech. Tech. I always get them mixed <laughs> up. The one that's the one that's active. Yeah, <laughs> the other one's not. <laughs> he's been on a few of those podcasts. He has in the last few months. So, so we're really excited to have him on board. He's a mm-hmm. great writer and. Um, very knowledgeable, has been working in the, I guess, in the the training sector for about, uh, for especially uh, specific to assistive technologies for uh, a good 10 years, 11 years. Um, So, yeah, no, I think it's really good and he's already made some really good progress and we'll be coming out with that material very shortly. So will have to get him on a podcast one of these days. We will, yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Code Factory, we mentioned in the uh, last podcast that Code Factory had released uh, Eloquence and Vocalizer SAPI 5 synthesizers. Uh, since then, they have also released a uh, Code Factory Eloquence and Vocalizer Expressive add on for MVDA. So, this is actually an, an MVDA add on um, that, that will work um, within MVDA itself. Uh, and it includes both products and is. It's um, somewhat cheaper than if you buy the two SAPI 5 synthesizers separately. It can be used portably, so you can use it on a on a USB stick, but you do have to activate it on the system first and then deactivate it when you stop using it. So it's... Um, you know, That's correct. You, you don't need administrative privileges or anything to do that, but mm. you only have... Your key can only be used on three machines. Mm. But you can transfer the key. If you're never going to use that machine again, to then deactivate. You, you can yeah, deactivate yeah. that machine. Um, so obviously, you know, it's, it's really good to finally have um, yeah, it, you know, solid... I think it really has made a big change because, I mean, as, as people know, for many, many years they've wanted to use Eloquence and, and there, there haven't been any legal options. And mm. now there's no excuse. There, there is a way you can do it. Um, yeah, so it's great. And we've tried for many years to make it happen. It's good Absolutely. to see that it that finally has happened. Someone did it, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, NVDA, uh, for those of you that are sort of either you know either developers or into the development side of things like reporting bugs and things um, the MVDA project development has moved to github so we used to host our own um, service uh, called track on community.mvda-project.org that's now been retired and we're now moving to github which is um, for those not in the know is a, is a very big um, you know code hosting um, platform it's used by millions of people around the world I think I was reading it was like 12 million or something mm, probably um, but yeah, it's uh, and so aside from the fact that I mean the, the big reason is that you know maintaining our own system is just um, not a good use of our time, and it was we were encountering encountering lots of problems that um, constantly needed to be solved, largely centered around spam. But towards the end, people weren't even able to verify their accounts, and we just decided that um, it would make sense to move to a more modern service that's maintained um, by, by someone, someone else. else, which uh, frees us up to do. Uh, the important MVDA work yeah. um, but aside from that it also gives us some wider community exposure and it means that uh, you know most of the time uh, people tend to be interested in multiple projects and uh, a lot of those projects are now on GitHub uh, so yes. it means that people can learn you know less systems which is always mm, a good thing mm. uh, speaking of GitHub where uh, Asara development also occurs uh, mm. Asara is the um, the Reaper uh uh, digital audio workstation accessibility plugin that I mentioned in the uh, last podcast, and it's coming along very nicely. It's still um, still not necessarily in a, in a sort of packaged or, or finished form. That will happen in the next few months, but uh, it's come a long way. Um, 
I'm using it to record this podcast. Actually, I used it to record the last podcast too. It's right. already being used quite widely in the community. Uh, and there's some, some really interesting features happening, like support for uh, for, for stretch markers, which, um, mm. to cut a long story short, means you can um, actually like rearrange audio and, and actually um, change the, the pace of audio, you know, shift beats around in, mm. your, in your actual audio track. So that's something we've not been able to do in um or at least I've not been able to do in even in other in other um packages like I was never able to achieve that with sonar um I think so I now. was using Asara in uh April was it uh, yeah April and I you know I was finding it good I'm really excited to to try out some of this new stuff I just need some time to <laughs> time do to some of my own time. personal time. audio projects time. but <laughs> sounds like some pretty good stuff going on there though yeah and 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 the plan later next year is to um to get it working on the Mac as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be nice. That's cool. Um and I think that's more or less it from us. So um we didn't really do a do any donation stats or anything, did we this time? No. Um what I can report, I don't think I said this last time, but we do actually have about a hundred monthly donors. Oh now, wow. That's... Um which is really, really good to see because those monthly donations really Help us ensure that we can, you know, maintain what we're doing. Keep on, uh, keep keep MVDA completely free to those who definitely need it, especially in developing countries and otherwise. Um, and so, yeah, to, to be able to depend on those monthly donations, we're extremely appreciative. And of course, you know, extremely appreciative of of any any donation people can can mm. provide because that's you know that's how we survive and how we. Um, continue um doing what we do um and obviously sponsors yeah we should mention our sponsors of course we have the the nippon foundation uh and adobe and google are our current uh, sponsors and we thank them very much for their support we certainly couldn't do what we do without without absolutely excellent Alrighty, i think that's all from us yep till next time bye bye